All right, we're live. We're back at it again with another afternoon Ask Anything. Uh, I'm Taylor Haas. We've got Dave Molinar here today. Uh, all Penguins. We're going to do an All Penguins edition. So if you have any questions on the Penguins or just, I mean, the NHL playoffs, anything happening now, uh, you can leave a comment. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, if you just leave a comment, we'll see it. We can put it on the screen. We'll answer your questions for the next half hour. Um, if you're watching on Twitter, you actually have to tap the Periscope and leave a comment on the Periscope. If you replied to the tweet, we won't see it on our end. Um, but yeah, anything Penguins, uh, anything NHL, uh, a lot of news with, uh, I mean, the offseason coming up, a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, Ron Hextall uh, had his season-ending availability. And then, Dave, you spoke with Brian Burke uh, today, Thursday. Uh, what were your takeaways from from that conversation with Burke? Uh, they were pretty similar to the takeaways from Ron Hextall's press conference on Wednesday. Uh, the one thing that stood out, uh, an issue that didn't really come up during uh, Ron Hextall's availability was uh, a full-throated uh, defense of Mike Buckley, the uh, Penguins goalie coach, who has gotten considerable criticism over the past couple of years, uh, largely because of their goaltender's playoff issues. Um, other than that, he, uh, you know, he reiterated that they would like to get bigger and tougher, but not at the expense of, of speed and skill that, they, you know, that they, whoever they bring in has to be able to play the game. Um, like Hextall, he, he absolved uh, Tristan Jari of any real culpability for uh, the loss to the Islanders. Um really made a point of stressing how well uh, Jari played during the regular season. So uh, there were no great surprises in there, but uh, he, he didn't, uh, Brian Burke did make an impression with how forceful he was with uh, some of the opinions he expressed. Yeah. And then like uh, Hextall, I mean, it, Hextall seems like the, the big takeaway was just like no real major changes coming to personnel. I know he said uh, he thinks they have a future with this core. he defended Jari, like you said. And I mean, last time we did, I did one of these ask anything. We had a couple questions about, you know, like Mike Sullivan's job, is he safe? And, and both of them um, pretty much made it clear that, that he, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. And not only Sullivan, but it, it sounds like uh, the assistants, including Mike Buckley, uh, are all pretty secure. I mean, we, we don't know yet whether um, Hextall or Burke was throwing up any kind of smoke screen because they've only been on the months or on the job for a few months. So, you know, we, we don't know their modus operandi yet, but, um, you know, they both have reputations as, as pretty straight shooters. So I'd be surprised if, uh, they did anything in the coming months that kind of deviated from what they've uh, suggested over the past couple of days. Kenneth uh, joins on YouTube. He says, how is everyone doing today? Uh, I mean, what busy day you, you talked to Burke and then we just did a, did a podcast. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. I, you know, I, I'm not sure that I'm ready to field a question quite like that. <laughs> but, uh, appreciate you asking, uh, at least to this point, I think we're doing well enough. Yeah, we have, so we have a R66 to 87 podcast coming out uh, tonight, tomorrow morning. Um, it was good. We had uh, Naylor's head coach, Derek Army, on uh, for our interview uh, in the third segment. He was really good. He um, he played with Brandon Tanner in college, and he, has, he had some interesting things to say about uh, Brandon Tanner, some fun stories. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. 
Steelers fan also joining on YouTube. He says, are the Penguins thinking about extending Latang and Malkin and for how long? Um, so Hextall, he did, um, he said they have a future with this core, but he really didn't want to divulge a whole lot uh, into what exactly is going to happen with their future, like really beyond this offseason. Uh, he did, uh, when I spoke with him uh, a week or two ago, he did say that they would be willing to talk to Latang and, uh, and Malkin about contracts, but uh, not surprisingly, he didn't uh, get into the length of, of any new contract or, you know, let alone how much money they'd be prepared to uh, pay either of them. What do you think, um, you know, if they were to extend them either during the season or, or after next season, what do you, at this point, the careers, what kind of salary figures do you think uh, either could really command? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think either would would make as much as he is uh, currently. Jeez, uh, it's really tough to say. And, and, you know, and some of it would depend on, on the uh, state of the salary cap then. You know, it's going to be flat again next season. Um, you know, I think both both sides will have to take into account what's, uh, you know, what becomes of, of the cap in uh, the following season and beyond. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, it's a little early. And I think that their performance, you know, uh, in the coming season will have some impact on, on that as well. But not only the, the money, but the, the, the term that the Penguins would be willing to give them. Yeah. Um, Richard comes in, he says, any ideas what the Penguins will be looking for in the upcoming draft? So, I mean, this summer they have a second round pick, a fifth round pick, and three seventh round picks. So I think... Uh, you know, you're not going to be getting anyone that can help immediately with those. Um, Dave, what do you think? It seems like, uh, I mean, with hockey, it's always just to pick the best guy available. You're not really drafting by position. It re- really is. I mean, there, there's only a handful of guys in any given draft who have a shot at stepping directly into the league. So a personnel need that a team might have in 2021 uh, might not exist in 2023 or 2024 when a kid you draft this year is is ready to contend for a spot on, on the parent club. So I expect the Penguins, like just about every other team, to mostly be interested in collecting assets uh, in the form of, you know, the best player available. And then if you end up with too many uh, or a surplus of defensemen or quality left wingers or whatever in your organization – uh, there's usually going to be a, a market for them in, in a trade. So getting as many good players as you can, regardless of position, uh, will, will be the priority. Yeah, I mean, and there can still be late gems at those. Uh, they have three seventh-round picks. Um, I mean, the the last time they had a seventh-round pick was, was two drafts ago. And, I mean, Valtteri Pustin, um, really, I think no one was on, wasn't on anyone's radar at the time. But, I mean, he's one of the more – exciting ones now i think um he's he did just sign his entry level deal he's going to come over to, to north america um next season he's probably i mean probably going to be in wilkesbury he's on the smaller side but i mean just the way he kind of took off after that that year they drafted him um offensively he's very fast i, I know i think dave you talked to i think scott young and i think he mentioned pustin and is one of the guys that um you know maybe keep an eye on yeah they seem to like him and the penguins despite not having many draft picks for the last decade or so 
have done a pretty good job of turning up some, some quality prospects with the guys they do. Jake Gensel, I believe, was a third rounder, for example. Um, you know, you hit on a guy who's a potential 40 goal scorer in the third round and you're doing pretty well for yourself. So they've, uh, they've gotten, I think the most mileage they could reasonably expect out, out of the picks that, that they have had. Um, another prospect related question, uh, Todd says any intriguing NHL prospects and other organizations whose rights were relinquished. So, uh, was that two days ago, um, was the deadline to sign, um, a couple of players whose uh, signing rights were expiring was primarily uh, Canadian like junior players drafted in 2019 or European players drafted in 2017. Uh, the, that the only Penguins prospect that applied to was uh, defenseman Antti Paliarvi over in Finland. They didn't sign him, so they lost his rights. He can go anywhere now. He he really didn't even he struggled to stick in even the top Finnish league over there. So that's why they let him go. Looking at uh, I, I saw a list of, you know, which teams, uh, you know, had players who, whose rights were expiring. And um, a couple of teams did resign. I'm looking at the rest of the list, really not a whole lot of notable guys. I think uh, if the bigger names might be available what, later in the summer, that's when the college uh, free agents whose uh, rights are expiring, when, when that is up, that's August uh, 15th. I think it is this uh, summer again. So that's kind of where you see guys who uh, maybe college seniors who uh, if they want to wait out and, and not sign with their team, they have the option to, to elect uh, free agency. The Penguins have gotten some guys like that in, in the past. Um, uh, Thomas DePauli is the first guy that came to mind. Just I know he was with the Capitals and uh, he waited out his, his contract and then uh, I waited out the signing right period and then signed with the Penguins. The Penguins got, uh, I think, minor league guys last summer they didn't sign anyone to an nhl deal in that way last summer they got i mean kevin stevens son um they picked up on a, on a minor league contract um dave have you talked to anyone about if college free agents I, uh, yeah i i haven't heard any names in particular yet but the, the penguins are a team that you would think might have some appeal to promising guys just because they've had so few draft choices the uh prospect pool in the organization is pretty shallow so this is a, a team where in a few years you might get an opportunity a little sooner than than you would with some other clubs so i don't know if there's anybody in particular that they would plan to target i don't they're not uh allowed to discuss them yet because uh, those guys are still affiliated with the, the teams that drafted them and to talk about them publicly would be tampering. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the, the Penguins uh, sign one or two of those guys. David, he says, why don't teams seem to play as physical during the regular season as they do in the playoffs? I mean, I just think everything is amped up um, in the playoffs intensity wise, Dave, what do you think? Oh, that. And also, I, I don't know that you could physically maintain, um, you know, that level of physicality, um, over an 82 game regular season. I mean, playing a, a physical brand of hockey is, is quite draining. Um, you know, and you, you see how 
beaten up guys are at the end of a two-month run in the playoffs. I mean, just imagine if they did that for eight months instead of just two. So, you know, I, I think there's a there's a, a level of, of physical and mental commitment that, that's required in, in the playoffs that it's just not realistic to expect players to, to replicate during the regular season. Uh, an expansion draft question. That's kind of the next thing on the radar. Um, who is it looking like we'll be heading to Seattle? Bluger has to be the most appealing, right? I, so I think you and I are pretty much on the same page of which forwards they should or would protect. Um, and I, I, I think I'd have Bluger on my list of who I would protect. He would be on mine yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's, it's really tough to predict who the Penguins might lose in that draft because you have to remember that, that Seattle is going to be trying to build a team, not necessarily just take the most talented player from, from each of the 30 clubs that, that will be involved in, in the expansion draft. Um, so even if the, uh, the Penguins were to expose Bluger, if uh, Seattle would have already claimed a guy who would, be projected into the same role that the, you know, that uh, the Kraken likes better than Bluger, then Bluger might not get selected. So, and until we know who the Penguins are uh, officially going to protect, you know, we're really uh, grasping at straws trying to figure out who might go. Yeah, I might, uh, because you, like I said, you and I both did articles of who we would want uh, or we think they should protect. Um, I think for Fords, I had, I mean, so Crosby, Malkin, Genselrest, uh, Kapanen. So it can be seven. And then my last two, I had uh, Bluger, Bluger and Tanev. Uh, I, I've kind of been going back and forth of like whether McCann or Tanev. And I think Tanev, I mean, uh, if, they, if they do, you know, protect Bluger and Tanev, I think McCann would be a candidate uh, to be selected. But then like, like you said, you really don't know because it depends on um, they're picked from other teams and really where everyone would fit anyway. Yeah. You know, Ron Francis and his staff will be assembling a puzzle and a, a piece that might seem attractive, you know, when viewed in isolation won't necessarily fit into that puzzle that, that they've put together. So. Yeah. And then I know, uh, you know, Jeff Carter is a name that people, uh, fans are kind of debating whether or not they should protect him because of, I mean, the way he finished the season, but I think if you're Seattle, Jeff Carter's going to be 37 next year. I, I don't think that it would be worth it if, you, if you're Seattle to take Jeff Carter. Uh, I mean, unless they think they're going to be a contender next year, because, I mean, you don't know that he's going to play beyond next year. I guess he could help you establish a culture early on, but I, I don't think they would need to protect Carter. No, I, I, I agree, and I agree with your point about establishing a culture. Um, I think Ron Francis will emphasize that, but I don't know that he would use a, uh, a pick to take a 36-year-old to help do that. Uh, the other thing that could possibly tempt them to take a guy like Carter would be the prospect of being able to trade him at the deadline next year um, for some assets if the guy is having a good season. Again, you, you're gambling um, on a 36, who will be turning 37 year old, having a, a productive season. But if Carter would have a uh, 
you know, 2025 goal season uh, and be playing a strong two-way game. Uh, you could certainly see him appealing to a, a team that's bolstering its its roster for the uh, for the playoffs. So, you know, perhaps something like that could uh, influence Ron Francis's decision. But my guess right now is is that the Penguins would be safe with the exposing Carter. Yeah, uh, Sealy's fan. He says, any chance Ron Hextall could possibly look at Marcus Pedersen for Seth Jones trade? With Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, Ron Hextall, no one asked him yesterday if he's considered trading all of his bad players for other teams' good players. Um, but I mean, one for one, no, especially like even, no, it's a, that's not going to happen. And, and Seth Jones also makes, I think, like five and a half million dollars. Like they couldn't fit him in even like really moving Pedersen out because so Bluegrass is going to get a raise this year. I, I, yeah. I don't think Seth Jones, Pedersen, no. I don't think you could spit Seth Jones in, even if you include other assets. Yeah, well, I mean, if if Yarmo Kikalainen calls Hextall and makes that offer, Hextall had better not let him off the phone <laughs> till the uh, papers are signed. Um, and, I mean, frankly, I would uh, do whatever I needed to do to make space under the salary cap to get Seth Jones if you could uh, get him for Marcus Pedersen. But uh, no, I, I, I really don't think you should hold your breath waiting for that deal to happen. Yeah. Um, he's also the right-handed defenseman. I, I don't, I don't know where you would put Seth Jones anyway, um, but uh, I'd, yeah, I'd, I, I'd clear a spot for him, but uh, that <laughs> a, a right-handed defenseman is not their most pressing need at the moment and especially if they uh re-sign Cody Cece yeah they have a couple guys who are due for raises so I think a big you know deal like this would would just be tough um I mean but Bluegers you figure is I mean because he's making what either league minimum or just over I think 50,000 over league minimum he's due for a raise Freddie Goodrow if they bring him back he was making league minimum he's do for a raise they do get a little help because the nick bugstad uh contract that they retain salary on is expiring so that frees up a little over two million dollars it's just so crazy that they were paying nick bugstad two million dollars this year but uh they do have a little cap uh room to, to do stuff but this is not going to be one of them no. um Craig says one of the penguins next first round pick uh next year 2043 they do have it next year i think the only pick moved out next year is the conditional third which I think moved up to a second and that was in the Carter deal um there were because they traded two picks in the Carter deal there are different conditions on both one I think was contingent on him I want to say playing in the finals which isn't happening yeah them them getting to the final and him playing in 50 percent of the games I believe was the condition um I have it up right now. Uh, it's a conditional pick. The 2022 third round pick sent to LA can upgrade to a second round pick. If the Penguins reach the 2021 Stanley Cup final, Jeff Carter plays in at least half the games. So that's, that's probably not happening. That's not happening. Um, the other pick traded away in the Carter deal was 2023. Um, and that was a fourth that can upgrade to a third if Carter plays in at least 50 games next season. So that one might actually be upgraded. Um, but it looks like it just right now the only one moved out uh, for at the moment is in the third is the third round uh, to LA next year. 
Um, Steelers fan again, he says, do the Penguins know when Poulin and Legere could make the jump to the NHL? So, I mean, both of them will go pro next year, but uh, most most likely I would I would say starting in Wilkes-Barre, and then it would just really depend on how they adjust to, to the professional game there. Yeah, I mean, their performance will have an awful lot to, to do with that. Uh, their performance and, and that of other guys on, you know, on uh, currently ahead of them on the depth chart. Um, if one or both of those guys come into camp and play really well, uh, you know, you, you make a spot for them. Uh, but you, you can't, you can probably set a, uh, a year and say, if these guys aren't in the NHL by year X, then it's time to, you know, write them off as prospects. But, but I, I don't know that it's realistic to set a year and say, you know, they have to be in the NHL by, by a given season. Yeah. Uh, both of them to this point, though, I mean, they, they certainly still look like pretty good prospects. They're both on the same team. They're in the QMJHL final right now. Um, and I think, I mean, the biggest thing is just going to be coming, especially coming from the, the Q is just going to be their, their defensive game. Uh, and I think Pullian in particular, because he's played on like two wagons really in, in Valdor. And then before that, Sherbrooke, really some of the top QMJHL teams and some of those teams, they're really not, he doesn't have to worry about defense that too much just because they, they, have, the, they have the puck that often. <laughs> Uh, so I think just making sure he can go down there and be responsible uh, defensively and, and leg grade too um, will be the biggest thing. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back uh, and we're going to take more of your questions. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Okay, we are back. Uh, Robert, he says his daughter wanted to ask if uh, we think the Penguins would trade away Malkin because she does not like his attitude with some of the players. Uh, You can get some good players through him. So we talked about it uh, earlier on. Uh, Ron Hextall did have his season uh, ending media availability, and he said they have they see a future with this core. Uh, Dave, and you talk you've talked with with Hextall and Burke. Um, it seems like we're talking about more of like when would they extend Malkin rather than like when is Malkin going to be gone? Yeah, I I don't think that they are planning to shop him around. And something to to keep in mind about Malkin is that he has the complete no trade clause. Uh, The Penguins could work out the most favorable deal on the planet for him. But if Malkin doesn't agree to it, uh, the trade wouldn't go through. So um, sorry to disappoint your daughter, uh, but I I don't think she should uh, anticipate uh, him not being around for at least the coming season and quite possibly a few seasons beyond that. Yeah, like you mentioned, the the full no movement clause. Really, the Penguins would have no leverage. Even if so, even if they wanted to, if they were considering moving him out, if they would listen to offers, really no leverage. I mean, because if you know, you say like Malkin would say he, he probably want to go to a, a contender if he wanted to go anywhere. If he would say like, okay, I would be okay with a deal to Florida. Well, the Penguins would have no leverage in that deal. So Florida's not going to overpay for Malkin. You're not going to get 
players back and especially if it's like a team like Florida and they just like don't need a center then like that that would be that would have been the end of it anyway and uh I know a lot of people before Hextall's pretty much said they're moving forward to the course said like well they can move them out and get cap space it's like well if Malkin would want to go anywhere to be a contender they're not the kind of teams that are going to eat cap space for you so logistically it doesn't make any sense and then Hextall also just said that it, they're moving forward with the course so not happening uh Richard we got a lot of questions um he said Carter really seemed to gel here for the Penguins. I would think he would be reasonably priced given his age. Would he be out of the price range for them next year? He's already signed for them next year. Um, same contract, same money. Uh, it's, so it's still, you know, if a team retains salary, that's for the duration of the contract. Um, so L.A. retaining half, that still goes for next year. He, he was already under contract. Uh, Dave, let's see, you can take this one. Rick says, you know, it's early, but any particular free agents you think are realistically hope the Penguins might go after? Um, I mean, I don't expect them to be overly aggressive in in free agency, if only because of cap space. Uh, and if you want to take Ron Hextall at his word that uh, they're reasonably content with uh, the personnel that they have. I mean, obviously, even the most successful team is going to have some roster turnover in the offseason, just because of free agency and retirements and, and other things like that. But I suspect that uh, whatever the Penguins do in free agency would probably be to try to add some complementary players rather than, than anybody with a uh, particularly high profile. Bryce has another question uh, you can take, uh, cause you did just talk to Burke earlier today. And then after Hextall's, uh, you know, availability yesterday. Bryce says, do you think we'll see the Penguins' new management philosophy start to take effect um, this this draft, bigger, tougher players rather than small and speedy? Well, they, they, you know, again, clearly want to add some size and toughness. But uh, Brian Burke was pretty adamant a few hours ago about uh, that it, it won't be done at the expense of guys who are able to play the game. Uh, I'm sure they'll be willing to sacrifice a, a little bit of uh, speed uh, for for the sake of size, uh, but you know I, I don't think you should anticipate them uh, starting to draft guys the size of offensive linemen or anything like that. Um, as as far as the draft, if the best player available when it's their turn to pick. Uh, is an average size guy. I don't think they'll take a bigger one uh, just for the sake of taking a bigger one. I, I think you have to get uh, the player you you view as having the best chance to eventually play in the NHL at the time that it's uh, your turn to select. Uh, question from Twitter. Uh, we were talking about the expansion draft. Probably could have uh, should have talked about this earlier, but he says. Uh, what is the criteria and or requirements to protect the player from the expansion draft? So every team protects one goalie. Um, there are two options. You can either protect eight skaters regardless of position or seven forwards, three defensemen. For the Penguins, they're going to do that seven forwards, three defensemen. That's just what makes sense for them. Uh, and then any player with a no-movement a, a no clause must be protected. So that's Crosby, Malkin, Latang. No trade clauses don't apply here, just the no-movement clause part. Um and then players who are uh, who have two or fewer years of, of experience are exempt. So uh, John Marino, Pio Joseph, you know, the guys like Poulain, like Gray, uh, guys who haven't made their debuts there, like O'Connor, Zahorna, 
exempt. They can't be chosen. You don't have to waste a spot on them. There are criteria of like who must be made. You must make like a certain number of players available who meet, you know, this many games played. But the Penguins, that's not really uh, an issue. If you look at like the list we made, the guys they that we would have exposed fit that. Um, uh, Dave, uh, did you cover any of these games? Any chance the Penguins return to Wilkes-Barre for training camp and exhibition games like they, they did in the early 2000s? Yes, I, I did go there. It was actually a, a pretty fun trip. They would uh, usually go there for the better part of a week. Um, usually play at least one exhibition game there. To answer the question, no, I, I've heard no indication uh, that anything like that is is planned. Um, a few years back, they seemed to be kicking around the idea of possibly having a prospects tournament like the one that uh, is currently held in Buffalo and uh, Traverse City, Michigan, and, and a few other spots. But that idea kind of died out. And uh, at least uh, for now, it doesn't seem like uh, they'll be heading to Northeast Pennsylvania during the preseason again, which I think is unfortunate. That was a, it was always a, uh, a, a nice uh, training camp getaway. And uh, there are some really quality people involved in the Wilkes-Barre Scranton franchise. So it was fun to uh, spend time with them. Serious fan says, any chance we see the Penguins play the Seattle Kraken, uh, you know, this coming season? Uh, we really don't know what the schedule is going to be like. We we can probably assume that they're not going to be playing, you know, like within their divisions like they are now. But how close to normal do you think next season will look? I, I expect it to be pretty much a, a normal schedule. And with the teams in the, in the Western Conference, I'm expecting there to be one home game and one road game involving you know, each team out there. So, yes, I would think you would uh, see them play the Kraken on TV uh, once and uh, have an opportunity to, to see uh, Seattle at PPG Paints Arena once. Uh, uh, Paul says, any thoughts of bringing in Quick or uh, I'm assuming that's Gibson to play in goal. I would be in favor of bringing Brian Gibbons to play in goal, see how that goes. But I think he means John <laughs> Gibson. Um we we kind of batted around this idea of bringing in maybe a, a number like a one like a one a one b for Jari or uh, you maybe more established guy who could push him or at least be insurance. Uh, what do you think ends up happening with with that? Well, I, I doubt that Anaheim is going to be actively trying to get rid of John Gibson, although I'm sure a lot of people would be uh, happy to see him return to Western Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, we don't really know because we. We don't really know the new management team's thinking on this sort of thing. Um, I don't know that the the money is there, though, to, uh, you know, bring in somebody like a Jonathan Quick uh, in a 1 or 1A type position. I You know, when you have a perfectly capable uh, backup in Casey DeSmith already under contract at, at a reasonable number. With their salary cap issues, um, I, I just don't see them bringing in a high-profile, relatively big-ticket guy to uh, pair with Tristan Jari. Uh, Linus Olmark is a name that I, I've seen um, thrown out there just because he's someone that you can probably assume is going to be. A, he was in Buffalo. He's probably going to be a free agent this year with if you can get out of Buffalo, I think you would. And also, because they don't need any, they have a lot of goals. So, um, 
uh, he's someone that might be at least, you know, I get relatively inex inexpensive, but uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, like you said, if, if, if the market's good, I think you have to at least look at it. We have, uh, we'll take two questions to kind of go to, I guess they can kind of go together. Um, both from Steelers fan, he says, any chance to crack and take one of the defensemen to open up a, a spot for PO? Um, and then he also says, if Ron Hextel makes a trade this offseason, if so, for who? So for, I just wanted to answer those together because I think that, like you said, we don't know, you know, they're building a team, so they're not just going to take your best player. I, I would still think that with the quality of forwards made available, the Penguins are going to lose a forward. But then I would think that if they may go – if they make it out of the expansion draft with a defense without losing a defenseman, I think Pedersen might be a candidate to, to get moved down if they are going to make a deal just because he is young. Um, and you could maybe at least get something for him or move him as part of a bigger deal. And then that would open up a spot for PO on the left side. Yeah. I mean, the, the question about that is, should you trade Pedersen when he's coming off of a, an off season uh, that presumably has lowered his value at, at least a little. I don't think anybody, including the Penguins, is writing him off as an NHL defenseman uh, just because he didn't play to expectations for one year. But if you're another GM, um, I'm not sure that you're going to be offering as much for him as you might have, say, a year ago. Um, so, you know, there, there, there's at the very least a, a risk involved uh, in, in trading a guy when he's uh, coming off a disappointing season. Uh, this is, I guess, the last one. It's really not a question, but it seems like a good way to wrap things up. Ed says, hello, the Penguins need to trade Gino, get experienced goalie, expose McCain, I guess McCann to draft, trade Russ, pick up heavy fast stringers. The first one. Uh, Hexel pretty much said they're moving forward with the course. So Malkin's not going anywhere. We just kind of talked about the goalie. Um, depends on what the market's going to look like. Expose McCann. You and I were both in, uh, I think, in agreement with our list that McCann probably would be exposed. Um, at least that's what we would do. Uh, pick up heavy fast wingers. We did talk about the the philosophy. Uh, I guess trade Russ is the only thing we haven't gone over. What do you think happens with um, no Russ and Gensel? Like, would they at least maybe listen offers on them, or do you think they're going to be back too? Oh, I think they would be remiss to not listen to offers, but I, you know, there's a difference between hearing what other teams propose and actively shopping guys. I certainly don't think they will do that with either Gensel or Rust. I, I don't think you can have uh, too many untouchables on your team when you haven't made it past the first round of the playoffs in, in three years. Uh, but I don't think they will go out of their way to try to get rid of Gensel or Rust. And it's about time they got McCain out of here. I, <laughs> I can't remember the last time he contributed anything. So. <laughs> I don't know. His My name only... never even comes up. <laughs> you never hear anything about McCain. But yeah, good place to wrap things up. Good, uh, good questions. I think these these uh, sessions go better when we're just kind of focused on one beat, not bouncing between like hit basketball pirates, you know, all that. Like, uh, so yeah, good stuff. Uh, I guess maybe hopefully we'll do another Penguins edition next week. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, as always, we're brought to you by North Shore Tavern and Mike's Beer Bar. Check them out right across from PNC Park. Uh, thanks for your questions and uh, stay tuned for tomorrow's show.